0: hey guys hey guys welcome back to the selfie show it's tori and Sam, two besties bring you all things healthcare
1: humor and unpopular opinions mm. and i know i'm always the salty <laughs> and tori's the sweet but whenever tori today we before we even got into it she's like i have an unpopular opinion I'm oh, like, really? oh well let me hear i just got a 20 minute rampage oh from God. this girl you guys i am on one i feel like my
0: unpopular opinions lately have been on Like they just kind of come out of nowhere. So this one just literally popped up this week, you guys. And I know so many of you are going to be on the same page that I am about this. Okay. Netflix, you and I have a problem. We are about to break up. I am so mad. I just got the notification that you have to log into Netflix. And before you go in, they say, is this your home um, account? Like, is this your home device that you're using? And you have to click Yes. So, AKA now, anyone else who's using your account, you're going to, have to pay $7.99 or $8.99 in addition to that. So, I have, we have both of our mothers, mother and mother-in-law, on our accounts. And I'm really mad at Netflix right now for multiple reasons. They're
1: scrolling like so, okay, college kids. Yes, Or what if, like, you even have a family member, like military family? Totally.
0: Okay. So here's my thought on this, right? Advertising has become such a big piece of production. As two people who produce a show, we know the importance of you have to have financial backing at some point, right? We have to have advertisers. We have to have this. And guess what? Netflix... If you need to start bringing on ads, bring on ads. Or why don't you get creative and do something like the fucking Kardashians and say, hey, Coca-Cola, do you want to come and be our official sponsor of every single show and just be our official like we'll put a Coke in every single show that we have or like that, that gets produced through Netflix and guess what? Get your start, get your money from your advertisers and have product placement, because guess what? These companies will pay. They will give you money. They always want to give you money. They want to get featured in your shows, in your products, like get creative. Stop putting it on the
1: customer to pay for your shit. Or basically even give I'm an mad. option, give an option, like, give an option. okay, if you want zero ads, there, oh. then this is like the price increase. If you want to still be able to share in multiple households, like different physical addresses or locations or whatever then sure. there's going to be ads, ads now for that, for that for sure that okay that's fine. a good and too. then you don't want to pay for it then pay the luxury it's yeah. like valet parking yeah but you but know what don't i'm not
0: mad i'm not mad at hulu i'm not mad at peacock i'm not mad at any of them because guess what they set the precedent they set it and they said you know what we're gonna run ads this is how we're gonna do it i'm totally fine with that but netflix now you're fucking pissing me off because now you're just doing everything that all of these cell phone carriers do and they add a little more money more money here add a little more money here it's like stop doing that and I get it we're in a time where like you got to pay for your overhead expenses like they're behind everyone knows these things but like get creative with it you can there's so many other things they could be doing besides hemorrhaging and like putting it on the customer stop putting it on the customer well I mean our
1: content's completely free we run ads sorry I know there's a lot of them sometimes but you know know what that's how that's how we produce our show and We've thought about starting a Patreon and yeah. having like a pay pay section ad unadverti- sure. like on but we haven't even done that
0: yet but that's the but, I don't know. but yeah. you're choosing to opt into that versus now yeah, it's like it's not a choice it's just like hey we yes. want corporate greed we want more money yes and i'm like i'm just kind of mad about it or just the lack of let's get more creative with how we're bringing in revenue like stop putting it on us like i mean there is so many opportunities out there and truly i hate saying this but devil works hard. Kris Jenner works harder. Like that bitch knows how to bring money and like hire her to figure out how to bring you some money because let, that girl, she works. She knows how to bring in that money. And I'm like product placement done. That's so easy. Like just say, hey, we have this group of 20 companies. These are the products that we're going to be doing. DoorDash. We're going to
1: be doing Coca-Cola. We're going to be doing, you know what I mean? You want to know something funny? What? I just saw this. So HBO Max <laughs> dropped the HBO okay. and are just like Max oh and someone's like why did you name this like after my dog <laughs> like like everyone hbo is hbo streaming everyone knows about hbo but now yes. it's just like max oh my god that's, that's weird fucking is that weird. that's brand new that's, that's hot like the press. this week yeah. that's hot at the press and i saw this tweet and oh. it was like hbo max to max your move peacock <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh my, oh my god.
0: god this is so amazing but yeah, like, if also, you actually go look way, at, like,
1: the reviews for HBO Max on yeah. the app store and stuff, everyone's, like, just was yeah. dragging it. That's worst, so
0: funny. Worst That's awful. Idea HBO ever. is so iconic. That actually really makes me mad for them. What are they doing over there? These guys need to figure it out.
1: These oh, Peacock services... actually did make fun of it. They made, Cook. like, a cock logo. It's just, like, <laughs> HBO's amazing. been around forever. Yes. Before streaming existed. That's there was literally so paid. streaming You paid service. for the HBO channel, yeah. and hbo is hbo to be like max it's no 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 (laughs) so dumb anyways okay. streaming honestly at this point this is my pet peeve and this is why i use your hulu account yeah because which i love for us when you get rid of cable it used to be like oh we're cutting costs we're getting rid of cable okay by the time you get netflix and hbo and disney plus and hulu and peacock and blah yeah it's It's like more than just having cable back in the day because it all and then especially with the price increases and blah 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 it's like at what point is it not worth it? So yeah. that was the one thing where at least people could share. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, screw Netflix. Yeah,
0: screw Netflix. I'm I'm actually very mad about it. So I You're like it. sharing. Sharing is caring. I'm here for it. Okay, this week I, I actually want to say this up top. I really love this. This is a topic that Sam and I had really been wanting to talk about because okay, so you guys know we have not dropped our fertility episode yet. It's coming. Life has a, been
1: crazy. We're trying. Well, it's yeah. coming. It's coming.
0: And Like behind the scenes, there's kind of more of a reason like we'll get there. We're going to life has truly been crazy. Life has been crazy. And emotionally, I think Sam and I are like, we're going to talk about it. We're going to drop a lot of juice for you guys. If I'm being really honest, that episode's probably coming in hopefully about three weeks. Sam's heading off right now. But this is definitely an episode where we loved this. This was a topic that I think is very relevant for all of our modern day millennials and even upcoming Gen Z potential parents like for us as women like we had a really good talk today so we're really excited about this episode.
1: No it's definitely hits home for us so today we have Rachel Lehman Hop. she's an award-winning science writer and expert on the future of family life career timing and the influence of science and technology on fertility pregnancy and family her book in her own sweet time egg freezing and the new frontiers of family gracefully documents her journey. The age of motherhood is on the rise across the developing world as many women and couples are increasingly relying on new choices in science to create their families. This includes advanced reproductive technologies like egg freezing, in vitro fertilization, the use of donor eggs, gestational carriers, and the option to become a DIY DIY mom or dad, a phrase that actually Rachel coined. I
0: actually love that. Rachel's writing has also been featured in the, the New York Times through the New York Observer, Newsweek, Slate, New York Vogue, Outside Wired, Business Week, and so, ma- so many other places. She's also the founder of Story Made Studio, a boutique storytelling and editing studio. So today we're getting into reconceptions of modern relationships, reproductive science, and the unfolding of future family modern-day relationships, fertility, single motherhood, and so much more. Without further ado, let's get into it with Rachel. Okay, Miss Rachel, we must kick it off with our iconic question. What is your unpopular opinion?
2: So my unpopular opinion is despite what, you know, frisky young Gen Z and millennials think that actually us older Gen Xers I'm just here to tell you that sex gets better as you get older.
1: I mean that's great news because <laughs> we love to hear I this. would say from 27 <laughs> to 37 that is true so if it's gonna even get better from there I don't even, God, we love I don't this. even know what's left in store. I
2: just want to say that once you don't have to worry about getting pregnant anymore it's like There's a new level of freedom.
0: You can get adventurous. I love
1: this. (laughs) Or you're just irresponsible like me and just kind of pray. Pray. Hope and pray. Hope and pray. Pull and pray. Pull Pull and pray, pray, baby.
0: Oh, we love it. Okay, well, we're very, very excited for this topic today. This is something that we've been wanting to talk about. And when you guys reached out, I was like, this is literally the perfect topic. I think this is something that's very like kind of new, it's in vogue, we're talking about it. And you were ahead of the curve. I I think and I'm really excited to hear about this. But for people who don't know you, let's hear a little bit about your background, where you grew up, all the goods.
2: Yeah, sure. So I grew up in New York City. My parents were both writers. I grew up kind of in the New York media literary world. And people in, that live in New York are very focused on their careers. And when I was in my 30s, I noticed none of my friends were getting married. And I was like, oh, my God, what what's going on? My mom got married in her 20s. Most people still do. But, you know, all of my very career oriented friends were focused on their careers. They were dating. They were not dating. Some were getting married. Some were not. But, you know, everybody was starting to freak out about their biological clocks, though. They're like, God, I have so much to do. How am I going to fit in traveling, having a career, having babies all in once? And it's like, it became that like have it all conversation. And it was just at the time when egg freezing, the new egg freezing was invented. And I started thinking, hmm, I bet you this is going to be the pill of our generation. This is going to give women the empowerment to be able to turn off their fertility, freeze their eggs, and then turn it back on when they're ready. Because we were all focused on putting our economic power ahead of our procreative power. Our procreative power is strong and powerful and wonderful, but we want, we all were more focused on making money. So my first book was called In Her Own Sweet Time, Egg Freezing and the New Frontiers of Family. And it was about all the choices that women are making in their twenties, thirties, forties that let them put their eggs on ice. And which is something that I did when I was 37 and when on Good Morning America, talked about it, the book, was all over the place. And and and, it, and and I feel like it was really empowering because it gave women permission to make other choices rather than fitting into the kind of traditional models that would, would lead to nuclear families. And what I ended up doing was instead of getting married and having babies in the traditional nuclear family way, I instead decided to move to a houseboat in Sausalito and because I had that community of support, I ended up not using my frozen eggs, but I decided to put the cart before the horse in another way and have a baby on my own as a single mom by choice with a sperm donor. And that choice, which was the biggest choice I've ever made in my life, my son is now 10, so it was 10 years ago, ended up being really a catalyst for me to try to understand the new choices that people are making around modern relationships and the embracing reproductive science to do that and what kind of new families were coming out of these new choices. And it was interesting because egg freezing was an experimental technology when I first got my eggs frozen. And then the American Society for Reproductive Medicine took it off the experimental list, I think 2012, which was actually the year my son was born, and all these companies started covering it on their insurance plans. And we can talk about, like, you know, the, the, the pros and the cons of freezing your eggs. But but it was also at the same time that gay marriage became legal. And suddenly all these LGBTQ plus couples were or single people were given permission to have more traditional families. Not that they always weren't, but I think that not that they always were having families. I think that there was something about like the societal acceptance of marriage that allowed people to think in the more traditional nuclear family way if you were gay, a le- kind of a less marginalized way. But the problem with that is that you obviously need pieces and parts of biology to make that work. And so that opened up a lot more people using sperm and egg donors, surrogates. And also, I think it became more acceptable for Women like to make choices like me because they had more money. Economic That economic empowerment allowed women to buy their own homes, to, to maybe have a baby on their own, knowing that maybe Mr. Wright is not going to show up in time for your biological
1: clock, but he might show up later. Mm-hmm. So did you ever end up using the frozen eggs at all? No. I never ended up using my frozen oh, eggs. No,
2: I didn't. And it's funny. I actually, when I turned fifty, I decided to donate them to science. Okay. No, I got pregnant. I had a midwife from a nonprofit sperm bank come to my house, and I just got inseminated. And was very lucky. It took a It took like three or four tries, but I think on the fourth try, I got pregnant with my son. So not naturally, naturally, and if you think of the most natural way as sex, but you know, artificial insemination mm-hmm. with a like kind of.
1: IUI. Yeah. IUI. Exactly. How old were you when you got pregnant with your son?
2: I was 40. So it was like
1: three years after? So
2: I was...
0: Freezing her
1: eggs. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, it was like three years after freezing my eggs. And for a while I thought maybe I'll meet somebody and I'll have, I'll still have my eggs on ice and I'll have a, a second child with them, but with my frozen eggs. But that didn't really happen and it didn't happen. Within the time frame that I mm. thought I could have a baby, and now I'm now actually with somebody with a partner, but you know, I I'm in my fifties. I would don't think I'm going to have yeah. right, a baby right, right. <laughs> this way. What made you
0: decide <laughs> yeah. to go like IUI versus using the frozen embryo or the frozen eggs? Like, what was your decision there?
2: I just it was really a it was a it was really an economic decision in many ways. It was. Less expensive to get knocked up that way. Try the I, mean, I <laughs> didn't. First, I wouldn't right? have. It yeah, exactly. Work. Right. Then the next step. I, I, it, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then I didn't. I. I w- didn't want to have to go through all the drugs of IVF and all that. And I didn't. Yeah. I would have done it had it come to that. But I just thought, hey, I'll just try. And I was really lucky that I conceived my son. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It's kind of like your situation, like yeah. you have them frozen, but hopefully you don't it's, have it's to It's plan them. It's like insurance like- plan
2: yeah yeah it's plan b exactly and quite frankly it's a very common story you hear that a lot now with women that froze their eggs like you froze your eggs there are a lot of frozen eggs out there that have never been used and i think there have been babies that have been born from frozen eggs now and i think that technology is only getting better and better but i really think that for me it was just such a psychological relief Mm -hmm. to not have to tie myself to the ticking of my clock and love because that doesn't always work like nature doesn't always work that way and I I feel like I know so many women my friends and I were joking over lunch the other day we called them land grab marriages where like people kind of just was were worried and they kind of decided to Connect with somebody because to have children mm-hmm. and maybe it wasn't always the best relationships. And what's very interesting now is I'm I mean, being in my 50s. I see a lot of those marriages breaking up.
1: Yeah. It's a I sad mean, reality you now. That's literally my reality. It's, it's a- funny because like you're mm-hmm. bio, like I'm 37 and I tried yeah. to freeze my eggs last year. It didn't quite go, didn't happen. I'm considering trying yeah. again this year, but I'm kind of in this weird, but I honestly got asked the question literally today, someone on a dating app like asked me if I wanted to have kids and I'm like that's a very long answer like it's not a yes or no and they're like well I got time and I'm like all right here we fucking go buckle up but that my same answer was like what you just said the land marriage I'm like I don't want to have kids just like with anyone right that's not right it's 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 not not about that it's not a yeah it's not a priority right like if I have them it's like not I'm not going to just settle with whoever is willing to settle with me and then be stuck in an unhappy situation if that was the case I would have already had them I was engaged like I just it's not you could have it's not that but like I think you said like we all see it and then for those people too though I'm like everyone I think can make whatever decision is right for them for some people that is the right decision for me it's definitely not Mm -hmm. but everyone. And I love this conversation.
2: And that's why I wrote Reconceptions, because I think as modern women and and men and whatever gender you are, whatever sexual orientation you are, we're all kind of reconceiving our traditional concepts of what makes a family, what what marriage is, what, you know, your place in the world is as a woman. Mm-hmm. And especially like after the pandemic, I feel like we have all kind of like are looking at like all these like systemic reasons why like women ended up in bad situations and particularly like with like the she session of the pandemic like it's it really showed us that the traditional nuclear family is not necessarily the greatest situation Mm -hmm. for women because like all the work fell on them and why did all the work of the pandemic fell on them because generally they were the ones making less Mm -hmm. money.
1: Absolutely. It's definitely been of years so, of, like, reconsidering everything we thought we knew when your whole world flips Yeah, one day.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, totally. And I just feel like now
2: we're in this position where, like, there are way more open social mores about the choices you make. And now, there and the reproductive science is, is there, which is the rates for frozen eggs are definitely going up. The rates for IVF with donor, younger donor eggs are, like, High And the one area that is, I think, really challenging is that it's not these technologies are still not necessarily available to everyone and covered by health insurance. And that's a crying shame. Like, I think the greatest thing that could happen to your generation is that the government realizes that actually this is the future of making Mm -hmm. children and families and and everybody should have access. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah,
1: you can't have us like absolutely Drowning in student loan debt, and then be shocked that the birth rates have declined in the United States. It's like, yeah, because everyone is told they have to go to college. Now they're dying in student loan debt and aren't pumping out babies in their 20s like we used to. And yep. then insurance doesn't want to cover it. Like, I don't know anyone personally that's insurance covers it. I think I'm the only person I've ever personally known that has had insurance coverage for it. And it's only with my new job in the last year. Mm hmm. Oh, well, congratulations on that. And you are probably the minority.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you're
2: in the minority. And 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 I think exactly like we are. Grad- you guys are graduating with more debt than you, you've had. How many people can afford to buy their first home now? Right. And then you throw kids <laughs> or in drown the in debt. And not to and and not to mention the fact that like <laughs> there's an, there's a looming environmental crisis that is making people question if the planet is not looking so good in the
1: future like well we don't even get maternity leave just so like who's <laughs> right. gonna... oh my gosh you brought up a good point though about just the technology evolving so much but you yeah. did this back when it was such a new technology right now if like 20 yeah. and I were both saying hey we're both going through our own egg freezing journey a lot of people are chiming in with their personal story, giving us advice, tips, or asking questions because they're considering it too. But you did it at a time where Mm -hmm. if you announced that it was like, wait, what? Oh my gosh, no one Mm -hmm. is doing that. So I really want to get into the frame of your mindset back then of where the decision to even do it was, where it Um, came from. Are you getting ready to take the NCLEX? Don't let the fear of failing hold you back. Simple Nursing is here to help. With over 1,200 animated videos, colorful study guides, and a customizable quiz bank, Simple Nursing can help you master even the toughest nursing concepts.
0: But that's not all. Simple Nursing also offers an adaptive assessment exam that mimics the NCLEX, giving you the
1: practice you need to succeed on exam day. Also, there's an entire review lecture series with Nurse Mike. You'll have the knowledge and confidence you need to ace all your exams. And best of all, trying out their NCLEX prep is absolutely free. Free, free, free. We love free. It's my favorite. Mm -hmm. Simple Nursing has helped countless nursing students pass the NCLEX and they can help you too. Don't wait for the last minute to prepare. Sign up for Simple Nursing
0: today and start achieving your dreams. Visit their website at simplenursing.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Again, that's simplenursing.com forward slash podcast.
2: You got this. You got this, you guys. Heard about it. I heard about it from a friend and I thought this is really interesting. And then I heard I talked to some fertility doctors in New York. This one fertility doctor at NYU named Nicole Noyes had just flown to Italy and actually met the Italian doctor. Eleonora Porcu, who invented the technology and she learned, like she described to me, I sat in her kitchen and she described like this recipe she learned. And I don't know, I've always, I worked for Wired Magazine back in the day and I've always been a little bit like future thinking, like y- knowing that tech will change culture. And I thought this is a reproductive technology that's going to change culture. Mm-hmm. And just like the pill did for my mom's generation for the, in the sixties. So, yeah, I think it was it was not like I was so ahead of the curve. It was just my brain was oriented towards that kind of thinking.
1: And what was the process? And so I thought, yeah, why not? What, what was that process like back then in terms of just financially? And I just don't really like, know what it's how yeah. much it's.
2: Well, yeah, it wasn't covered by insurance. I My grandmother died when I was 37 and I inherited a little bit of money. So I invested it in that. I thought, God, wouldn't it? What would be a better way to invest my inheritance than in You know, potential carrying on my family genes, Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's what I did. And yeah, and the great irony is that I never used it. But I have to say, like from thirty-seven until my son was born, it did give me a peace of mind knowing that they were there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we love that. Even though I never ended up using them, and I think probably I am in a—I would say I am in a majority that like a lot of women do not go back and use them. So I don't know really how much the process has changed maybe it, i think it's insane mm-hmm. i just think it's no longer considered experimental and i think it's covered more by companies and again i think there's also a good side and a bad side to it being covered by companies mm-hmm.
0: yeah because then it's tied to your because job, in a yeah.
2: way it, yeah it's like an incentive incentivizes women to postpone having children when really what companies should be doing is creating structures for women to be mothers and working mothers mm-hmm. in, in an economically viable way, in a socially supported way. There is still so much bias towards working mothers in the workplace. And, and a lot of that comes from corporate America.
0: Absolutely. Childcare, helping women in that first year. It's always so surprising to me. I mean, we're in California, but in other states, when literally you have weeks to get back to your job. Which, in my humble opinion, is absolutely asinine. It's like, that's just when you're just starting postpartum.
1: It's crazy to me how you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if you're a stay-at-home mom, it's like, oh, well, you don't have a real job. You're a stay-at-home mom or whatever. But if you work and you're not at home with the kids, it's like, oh, well, you just work and you leave your kid at home and you had kids, but you just pay someone else to raise them. It's like, fuck. Can Mm -hmm. we like... What, which, which one can you do? Right.
2: Right. Which one can you do? I fell in the camp of my own business and I'm an author. I mean, definitely not raking in the dough to buy a house in Marin County anytime soon, but, but I I live fine. And I, the most important thing in my life is that I own my time. So I can be a mother and, and be a working mother with, by, by kind of being my own boss or partnering with various people on projects. So that has definitely helped. I, I raised my son with au pairs, which are less expensive mm-hmm. than nannies, when he before he went to school. So au pairs are a really good thing. And I actually now, I live in like an apartment complex in Sausalito, and there's a, another single mom who lives here, and we do a lot of mom-euning. Like we, co- we, co- we have meals together, we babysit each other's kids so we can go on dates. Oh my God, I love this. So, and I think that, you know, what this book, Reconceptions, Modern Relationships, Reproductive Science, and the Unfolding Future of Family has really taught me is that I started my family as a single mom, but it has led to finding community and support in the most creative ways outside of the traditional nuclear family. Oh my God, I love that. And I just, I, th- I want to emphasize that, like, everybody. I think we all learned in the pandemic that being that isolation kind of sucks.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Right. right.
2: So I think that it'd be getting creative with the way you raise your children and leaning on the community in ways that are supportive and amazing to outside of kind of traditional ways, I think is a lot. Also, if you look to the LBGTQ plus community, which is always before Marriage was made legal, and to some extent, you could argue, is still a bit of a marginalized community. They always found ways to kind of support each other and have children. Your uncle was was the sperm donor to a lesbian couple, or a woman literally would carry a baby and have a baby for her gay male friend. And they would raise their kids communally. It was outside of the legal bounds at that point. Everything's become more legally structured Mm -hmm. now. And then if you also look to other marginalized communities like the African-American community, they've always had alternative kinship networks. There's a great writer who I just spoke at a class at Berkeley about. Her name is Danny McLean, and she has a book out called We Are the We, and it's really all about like the power of Black single moms and the networks that they've created. And like, I think we can take inspiration from other cultures and, and integrate them into a more Other, Our own cultures, whatever culture you come from, and and that's the way I just feel like we kind of live in a country where the nuclear family, the traditional nuclear family, like leave it to be her family, is still considered the morally superior way.
1: Do you guys get that vibe still? Do you hear every day, even with everything politically coming up with elections and everything of like, oh, traditional values. I'm like, right, right why like when did we decide that these traditional values was the perfect way when the term it takes a village has been around since before (laughs) this country can we like (laughs) i just want to take 20 steps back to you froze your eggs and a couple years pass (laughs) and then you made this decision to actually conceive on your own. I would love to hear the thought process behind when you Why? actually decided it and then how you kind of put it into motion because mm-hmm. that's a big decision to make I mean, on your own.
2: It's a pretty simple it's a pretty simple thing. I I moved to this community in Sausalito where it was very like like a. Tr- communal vibe like it had everybody kind of like brought each other dinner or like you know they, everybody was really close there were a lot of single women living in this in this community and i started to feel the structure that was underneath me that i thought you know what i could do this and then i just wasn't meeting <coughs> the right guy i just wasn't meeting him and i just decided am i going to really walk this planet for the rest of my life without having a biological child And I, some people will give that up. I did not want to give that experience up. And my, I talked to my parents about it even, and my parents gave me their blessing on it and told me that they would help me as much as they could. And I, so I decided to put the cart before the horse and with the idea that people meet and fall in love over the course of their lifetime, I didn't think I was going to be alone forever. Mm-hmm. um and so that's kind of that that's it mm-hmm. and then m-
0: moving forward like in terms of your motherhood and starting to embrace this life how what were some tips or some things that you did i love the au pair tip i love that but what are some things that you've been doing yeah to really find that community and to raise your son yeah well, school
2: naturally becomes a community for which you raise your kids in. And and one thing that you do discover is as wonderful as as many wonderful fathers there are out there, the community of raising kids is really about the other mothers. There are some wonderful dads that show up at the all the meetings or on the text threads. And but it really is the mamas that are the kind of prime caretakers. So the school community is huge. I also was this is during the pandemic, but I conceived my son with a donor sperm donor, and he has I also did the work and actually found some of his donor siblings because I did something called an open identity donation. And so I found a number of other mothers that actually live in my area that have kids that are my kids' half siblings. And so I started hanging out with them for a little while and they became an incredible source of support, especially during the pandemic. Like we would do Sunday morning Zooms where the kids would all play and we'd go down and we'd get together and visit each other and get together and go swimming or have a game day. Since the pandemic, I haven't been as in touch with that community. Although I love my son knowing that they're there, that he can have like, I call them, I made up the term. It's not a nuclear family. It's like a, the molecular family because we're all, all these kids are related by DNA, but they all are in di- different individual families. A lot of single moms, a lot of gay moms that used the same donor. So but that really opened up my world to new kinds of people and people that made similar choices to me. And then and then I also have, they, they say like friends or family. I have some really, really close friends who have become I have two girlfriends in particular that I literally talk to on the phone like three or four times a day. It's about work or about our kids. There's like this network of women that we're all kind of this raising our children together. And not that men are not involved in it. It's just, it's different.
0: Mm -hmm. When you were going to, I I love this question and I love asking people because I think this is such an interesting part of it. When you were going to
2: select a donor, what was that process like for you? It was like online dating without the dating. So I just read a lot of profiles. I read like, it was like swipe left, swipe left, swipe left. Everybody knows that experience, right? With like Tinder or OkCupid or whatever it is, the dating, Bumble, the dating sites are now. So I just read profiles and I finally came across a guy that I really liked. I used a nonprofit sperm bank because a lot of the bigger sperm banks don't put a limit on the number of families So I wanted to, I didn't want my son to end up with like a hundred siblings. And I I settled on a profile of a man that just seemed really interesting. Like not in the conventional interesting, like I want to go on a date with this guy, but interesting. And I loved why he was donating. I loved his kind of family background. He was clearly eclectic and smart and it just, it seemed like it was, Good. He had a really cute baby picture. And I oh thought, God. wow, he produces really good looking kids.
0: Oh, that's funny. So, wait, what? You know, Can I mean, you dive, dive into I... that? Like, I'm curious why he decided to donate. What... what was his reason? Oh,
2: there was a great quote. He said, Because life matters. And I think that every generation should have the opportunity to tackle life's challenges and questions. And I just, I thought that was a really beautiful idea that he was helping out families that were either infertile or women like me or gay families to take a crack, to, to create another generation to take a crack at the big questions and move culture and society forward. I thought that was quite profound.
1: And getting to meet some of the your sons like biological siblings did you notice any sort of like similarities between them that you oh like were expecting Oh my god so much
2: yes a lot of them really looked alike a lot of them had sim- have similar eyes similar voices similar personalities like we just would compare notes and they, they were they would they had traits in common and it, it was interesting and i'm happy that he knows that they're out there if he ever wants to get in touch with them yeah that's really really a cool thing for him, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm... I was going to say there are many, many stories out there of kids meeting their donor siblings and actually like becoming friends and relatives. Mm-hmm. I mean, like forming their own bonds. Mm-hmm. And I think it's he's an only child. So I love the idea that he may have these siblings out there. Mm-hmm.
0: Going back to when you were going through the process doing IUI, what were some things that you learned about your fertility or maybe some things that you maybe wish you had known when you were going through the process?
2: Uh, you definitely like can take, there are a lot of tests now where you can take the temperature of your fertility and I would do those tests. You can get an ultrasound to see how many follicles you have left and that will give you an idea of like where you're, the health of your eggs. You can take some hormonal tests. Some of them are, good and some of them are more not necessarily like the end-all, be-all. I think none of the tests are really going to like say, but it's like almost like your blood pressure. You can gauge it like, oh, maybe my fertility is a little bit like beginning to change. And so maybe I should have a conversation with my fertility doctor or my OB about this. I think what's interesting because in a way, fertility doctors are kind of becoming really important members of the community and because of freezing eggs. And I think that more OBGYNs should also really be on this journey with women like you of childbearing age. Nobody really had these conversations with me when I was Mm in my 30s, because I think there was just an assumption. But there are so many different choices now that I do feel like you should plan your fertility bank account in the same way that you kind of plan your real life bank account. Mm -hmm. It's like your career planning, your fertility planning, your financial planning. Mm -hmm. I really think it's an important thing to do when you're 20s even, in your 30s. Just Even if your life doesn't end up the five-year plan or the 10-year plan, I really do believe in that famous quote, life life happens when you're busy making other plans. But I think having the intention of what you want to do and the understanding of what you want to do so you can make good choices, it's smart. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I did that. I think I kind of ended up against a wall. I think a lot uh-huh. of people do that because it's like you don't think that. But I think really thinking about your values in terms of when do I want to have kids? How do I want to have kids? Do I want to have kids on my own? Do I want to find a partner? Do I want to get married? I mean, I've heard that marriage isn't so popular in, among Gen Z anymore. Is that I right? It's
0: evolving.
2: It's changing. You know, I think. Tell me. Tell me. I'm curious about that. I think
0: it's changing. And I well, that's why today I think this is such a great topic, because there are so many, you know, in terms of opinions about family. I think it's definitely evolving more so, I would say, with Gen Z. I think they're open to the idea that maybe marriage isn't the best or maybe it's not right for them. Or isn't necessarily
2: the only institution. It's a traditional institution. But divorce kind of sucks. I think if you're going to get married, like you have to take it really, really seriously. And like, I think a lot of people sort of get sucked into the fantasy of that, the wedding and the princess and the, and that's not what marriage is.
1: And we're millennials and Tori's married, but I'm not. And I don't want to be married for the sake of being married. So I'm like, yeah, I get harassed all the time about being my age and being single. It's like, well, I don't want to be married just for the sake of it. And there's not a lot of Jacobs running around. Her husband is wonderful. So I'm like, well, those are, but I like, yeah, we're definitely millennial. And it is interesting to even see the difference of Gen Z kind of coming up versus people in our generation. And then I know personally, I, two women that did the same thing that they have had children completely like chose a sperm donor did the whole process by themselves and are raising children on their own. And I'm like, good for them. They knew what they wanted to do and they did it. And it's it's really cool to see people doing the right decision for them. Yeah. So those friends of yours that you know
2: that they kind of did it as their plan A, like it wasn't a plan.
1: Well, one of mine was a girl I went to nursing school with, and she was married while we were, well, she was in my master's program, but she was married in the master's program and was going through IVF with her then husband at the time, and they ended up divorcing. And then she pursued after her divorce IVF solo, and- did it solo. And another one was just a single girl from my gym who has not been in a relationship in the entire time I've known her and just went and did. I'm not exactly sure the specifics of how she conceived, but Mm -hmm. she definitely used a sperm donor to conceive on her own. And the baby is like um, one, maybe two years old now Mm -hmm. and been
2: i think that we're probably going to see more and more different kinds of families and i think the way we kind of talk about gender fluidity now i think more and more we're going to talk about family fluidity which is like the idea that there is not just one way although it really does help to have more than one person but i don't think more than one person necessarily needs to be a man that you're married to like i'm dating somebody now and he could be helpful In certain ways, he already is in terms of talking about parenting things. And that's wonderful. And before I had, you know, a partner that I was dating, it's like I had a 100 girlfriends that I talked to about it and my immediate family, my mom and my brother. And I just feel like there are so many. The village is more critical than the nuclear family.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have any good tips for anyone who's maybe listening today that's that's considering going through this journey on their own of becoming a parent
2: if you think about going through the journey on your own definitely plan financially make sure you have it's not cheap to have a kid and and make sure you have a support system so it's like the financial support the social support make sure in your heart you're you know ready my son is 10 and i feel like i'm still not ready to be a mom
0: love that. <laughs> yep. I think that's just the reality of parenting, right? So, it's like, you know, yeah. They, yeah. there's like, never like a, a right time. Bit her, it's, it's a little... Time. Never yeah. a right time and you're <laughs> yeah. never truly ready.
2: Yeah. Exactly. In a way, you kind of have to just go for it. And you don't know what life is going to bring. One of the best pieces of advice I got when I was at Alexander was she said, babies bring baguettes, which is like the idea that they bring the most expect unexpected Things into your life. And that is true. Some of my closest friends have now come through people I've met at the park or friends that were my neighbors through my kids. And it's the man that I'm dating right now. I met through a mom at my school because she took me to a Valentine's Day party. Mm -hmm. That would not have happened had my son been born, not been born. Mm -hmm. And I would never have met that mom. He wouldn't if he hadn't gone to that school. And then I would never have gone to the Valentine's Day
1: party and met
2: the man that I'm deep
1: everything happens for a reason absolutely (laughs)
0: Uh oh I love this though because so it's funny because I was just having this conversation with my cousin who she's in her early 30s and kind of thinking in terms of what fertility looks like for her and she's not with anyone serious at the moment but it's interesting because you mentioned sort of living in like this communal thing and I absolutely love that I think there's this there's room for the idea of not everyone living in this secular, just white picket fence home with the mom and the dad, right? There's room to be talking about other ways that people can be living. And I absolutely love what you're saying, like living in a place where it's very, women and their children. And I feel like that's a really amazing kind of new but old concept. I mean, truly, it does take yes. a village to raise children. And yes.
2: And it used to be more like the kind of like Tupperware Party, Stepford Wives concept of the white picket fence. And it's not like that anymore. Now it's like we're way more empowered. And but I think the basic idea, the fact is that there's this backbone of community. And <coughs> I just think it needs to get stronger, mm-hmm. even stronger. And I think it can. I spent Mother's Day yesterday with my this co-mama that I in my apartment complex and her mom and our kids and we had like a great brunch and two years ago I didn't know this woman and now our kids were playing our kids play with each other and it feels really lovely Mm -hmm. to have that
0: how has been I mean in terms of your journey how has parenting been for you and maybe the vision of motherhood like what does motherhood mean for you now
2: it's hard it's hard but it's like the most rewarding thing in the world it's just wonderful to see your child happy and successful and The hard days are hard, but it's a wonderful thing. And there's also something very special about having done it on my own because we have a really special bond, my son, and maybe all moms have really special bonds with their son. It has nothing to do with being a single parent or not, but it's him and I together. and, And that's a very powerful connection. Do you
1: feel like you ever get criticism? You're lucky that you're surrounded, like you said, in a really good community. But I feel like societal criticism of the yes, there needs to be a man in his life or who's like his male influential figure.
2: Yes, I have gotten that. I will be really honest. I have gotten that, you know, and to some extent, I think it would be good for him. I have a brother. So he is my brother in his life. And he has a lot of male teachers and coaches and So it doesn't not exist. So does there need to be like the singular dad? I once asked him that and he was like, I'm good either way. He answered, he said, I'm good either way. And the studies are showing there's a really wonderful woman out of England who has done a lot of studies about single moms by choice. And the kids are like, you know, that famous movie about the two lesbian moms who have the sperm donor, like the kids are all right. It's the same thing. Apparently the kids are all right. Because psychologically, you really only need one strong bond. It is nice to have somebody to bounce stuff.
0: Well, in that bloodline, what's so interesting Mm. to me is I actually would think so. My husband comes from a a broken home, right? And what's so interesting is so many kids do end up in situations where divorce is a reality or dads are not in the picture. And I would argue my husband is a better husband because he absolutely loves his mom. The bond that he has with his mom is so strong. He he has so much respect for her because she worked his whole life. He watched his mom work her ass off for him and his brother. And I would argue a lot of these kids who are in these situations where they're raised by a single parent are sometimes better off because they watch their parent work hard. They have these great relationships, this bond. It feels like, I don't know, I I think that there's Also, a lot of dads who are in the picture who are not great dads. So shout out to all the dads who are amazing. But I just think
1: having the conversation... I mean, even just gender aside, lots of moms are shitty moms. And people grow up and don't even have communications. I like the fact that you even just had that conversation with your son and that open communication. Because it's like gender aside or mother versus father figure in the life. It's you have a parent that is having really good open communication with their child and allowing for their child to be heard and be listened to and like to yeah. validate their feelings it's and really true. build that bond it's with true. them. And I think that's something truly special that kind of defies even some of the other, other aspects. It is
2: true. And I think that uh, I could not agree with you more that like men with strong mothers mm. and have that have strong bonds to their mothers are the yeah. best yeah. men.
0: Yeah.
2: It's really quite Remarkable. I've seen it and it's a really remarkable thing so yes women pick men that have great relationships with their moms <laughs> the first thing to yeah, first that. thing to to yeah. look at
0: is there like a good piece of advice that you can leave for the selfie listeners or maybe like a life motto that you live by
2: I just think that the piece of advice is do not worry I just feel like I spent so much time worrying like, how am I going to find the right guy Am I gonna am I ever, is this is my life gonna be right? Is it gonna be the right way, the right choice? And it's like, you know what, life happens. It doesn't have to be perfect. And just don't be so hard on yourself. I think I was a little hard on myself.
1: I think a lot of us. I think are. we all, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think even yeah. us in the last like year kind of going through this on our own, definitely yeah. like we're yeah. our yeah. Own worst critic for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Where and I think there's a society's like sends this message to women. A friend and I used to call it learn desperation. If you're not like getting married or you're not like having children on the right time, it's almost like you feel like you failed. And it's like there's so much to do. We have so much to do now. Just take the successes as the successes and not everything is going to be perfect. And also you can have it all to some extent, but you may just not have it all at once.
0: Mm, yeah, I like that. It's a good good way to look at it. Absolutely. I- yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah absolutely
1: like that one hit.
2: <laughs> hit hit over here <laughs> yeah and trust your instinct about love if the guy doesn't feel right don't make it try to fit a square peg in a round hole trust your instinct absolutely.
0: can we hear a little bit about your books and where everyone can find these we're thrilled
2: so i would go to my website rachellaymanhaupt.com or laymanhaupt.com you can buy my books from various indie bookstores. I also am available for speaking in organizations, women's health, doctor's offices, Mm -hmm. health fertility clinics. I'm speaking at Snapchat in a month about, yeah, about the future of what's known as collaborative reproduction, Mm -hmm. which is the idea that we're taking all these parts from different places and getting together and making babies. Mm -hmm. So yeah, follow me on Instagram, rlemanhaupt. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. We're Mm -hmm. just so thrilled to have you on
0: today. And I love this idea of just kind of reframing everything that we're thinking about in terms of family and reproduction and how it can look so different for everyone and and just how uh, each the more school, brace, everyone's going to have
1: their own journey and to yeah. embrace it instead of feeling like we have to stick to the timeline. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then have the picture perfect yeah. everything. Like, I love this. This is wonderful. And we're so thankful to have connected with you. We'll definitely link everything in the show notes for everyone. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. You
2: guys have great ideas. Oh. And I really I love your show. I love oh, your style you. and your approach. Thank and you. no, we're excited to it's have really this topic
1: fun. on here. It's definitely been a personal one for us over the last year. Yeah. So. And for a lot of yeah. our listeners, okay. too. We'll a I- lot
0: of our listeners are, yeah. uh, you know, actually, it's funny because one of our listeners re- requested this exact topic because she was going through it and going through choosing a donor and raising a child in this, quote, single mother, but then finding your community. So this is perfect. And. Yes, we're so thankful for your time. Thank you. Of course, anytime. Thank you, Rachel. Okay, bye Bye. guys. That like hit home, right? Yeah, I think it really did. I loved this conversation. I actually, it's kind of funny because in my head when we were making these show notes, I was kind of thinking it was going a different way and I loved the way it went because she just really, she brought it today. I loved
1: this. I just like hearing from a different perspective of helping us re-conceptualize what, Family and parenthood looks like. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that
0: for us. And that's the thing about the selfie show, right? We're always like talking about bending the norms and trying new things and opening up our minds and hearing everybody's story. I love this. So, as always, you guys, thank you so much, so much for being here with us today. Make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at CELLFIE underscore podcast. You can find all of your savings and goodies linked there in the bio for you, as well as our trip for
1: 2023. We are going on a
0: trip and we want you to come with us and we need your help planning.
1: Please do the survey. We really want to hear from you guys about where you want to go, timing wise, all that good stuff. So thank you. And five stars on Spotify. If you leave a re- review on Apple Podcasts, just leave your Instagram handle so we can reach out and send you free goodies. Thank Absolutely. you. And make sure you are following us on our Insta. That's at NurseTory. And at hey Samantha with two A's. And stay tuned. I'm literally got to go catch a flight. Yeah. I'm literally flying a... 16 <laughs> hours across the world and i'm gonna be gone for two weeks you but are. we're gonna have like some amazing cool stuff like up. stuff coming up especially yeah. when i get back
0: we are going to just want to let you guys know there's to me we're skipping a bonus this week just due to the situation that you are leaving the country but we and you've been you working guys. on some stuff you've i have been, a lot oh, tori's yeah.
1: ass has been busy you guys stay tuned she's got some cool stuff coming up we'll be
0: dropping it soon i promise get excited okay you guys we'll see you next tuesday bye bye